Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode, plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Well, after Halloween, perfect to have Paul Selig back on the program. Paul is considered one of the foremost spiritual channels working today. His work has been featured on ABC News, Nightline, Fox News, the Biography Channel series, and Explained, and so much more. His six-channeled books include I Am the Word and his most recent, The Book of Freedom, which we'll talk about tonight. Paul has received his master's degree from Yale and served in the faculty of NYU for more than 25 years before devoting himself fully to his work as a channel, and he leads workshops and live stream seminars all over the planet. Always a pleasure. Paul Selig back on Coast to Coast. Hello there, Paul. Good to have you back. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? What's new? You know, I'm good. I I left my academic life, and I really am showing up for this work in a way that I I never thought possible, and the guides keep delivering these books through me. So now there are six of these things that have really been the transcripts of the dictations of the channeling sessions, um, which become books, and uh, it just takes a matter of weeks. It's a fascinating process. Was it difficult for you, Paul, to leave academia? It was, actually. I knew myself in that role. You know, I was a college teacher for about 25 years, and I I ran a graduate program at a small college in Vermont, um, you know, in addition to my work at NYU. And I had self-identified through that, and I wasn't really looking to to make a name for myself as a channel. I was doing a group that met in my living room for about 18 years, and I finally got a website that didn't have my name or my my photograph on it because I really didn't want to be discovered. Um, So the challenge in leaving was the challenge in leaving the known, and that's what, you know, the guides that I work with are really encouraging. I mean, it really is about moving beyond the safety of the known, and my known was academia, and I'm living, you know, quite a different life now. When you were in academia mm-hmm. at the university level, what was what was your teaching courses? I taught, you know, I taught playwriting. I taught a craft, a, a class called the craft of the the craft of visual and dramatic writing for about 25 years. I was at uh, Tisch School of the Arts at NYU. And I ran the MFA in creative writing program at Goddard College, which is this wonderful, you know, small, strange college in Vermont um, that, you know, kept me there for a long time. So I was an administrator and I was a teacher. And um, the work that I was doing really had next to nothing to do, you know, with the esoteric work that I was doing quietly and is now what I do for a living. Now, when you say you were doing it quietly at the time, so did you just kind of keep it uh, behind the scenes from uh, from the university? At NYU, I did. You know, I mean, early on when I was first opening up psychically in my 20s, I was, you know, late 20s, I was beginning to teach. So the course evaluations used to come in from my classes, and they'd say things like, I learned how to write a play, and I can see auras, you know. So the kids were getting, getting stuff. And I, as I began to... Uh, to grow up a little bit, I realized that that wasn't appropriate. My work as a psychic 
and as an empath, which, you know, is also part of what I do, was very present in how I taught, I think, but I wasn't speaking about it in an overt way. Um, you know, I tended to have a good innate sense of what people needed and, you know, how they could be supported, which is still coming from a skill set that has very little to do necessarily with what's obvious and on the table. Um, Paul, you, yeah, you were born psychic, though, weren't you? No, you know, I had, no, I had experiences when I was a kid. I was a late bloomer. I had, you know, precognitive dreams when I was a kid. I had one sort of really pronounced out-of-body experience when I was about five that I told my family about. I never forgot it. But I never would have called myself psychic. When I was 25, um, I was about a year out of Yale. I hit a real wall in my life. I had this list of things that I had to have achieved in the world that I thought would make me okay. It was kind of a splashy list. I got the whole list, and I wasn't okay. And I began to to look for something more and a spiritual life, I suppose, really out of sheer necessity, not because I believed in anything. I was raised an atheist. So, huh. you know, yeah, this, this happened when I was in my mid-20s. I had an experience that left me seeing little lights around people. And, you know, to get a context for that, I began seeing energy healers and then finally got the, the nerve to study myself. And once I studied... Um, I began to hear things clairaudiently for the people that I was working with, which, is, which was the, the precursor to the channeling that I do now. Paul Selig with us. His website is his name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. So when you announced you were leaving the university, did your, your colleagues think, oh, my God, he's nuts. What's happened to Paul? Or, no, would, or did know, they I... really accept it? Well, the funny, I mean, I was teaching, I was teaching in the arts at, at NYU. People knew what I was doing. I'd been on television. I had uh, two or three books in print that were channeled by the time I was leaving uh, and out from a major publisher. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was walking around with a turban with a crescent moon on my forehead, you know, acting right. like a swami. I was this guy that had been there for a long time. I had gone to NYU. Some of those people had known me when I was a college student myself. So I'm sure that there are people that thought that it was nuts and perhaps still do. And for me, leaving, you know, the security that I had and, you know, insurance and benefits and all of those things, especially, you know, when you're, when you're in your 50s, was, was a, a big step for me, but it was a necessary one. And Goddard, where I was running an MFA program, I'm actually now on the board of, of trustees of the college, so I kept a foot in academia in another way. You've got a number of books out, of course, but this is the Book of Freedom uh, is considered book number three. Tell, tell me about this, this series of uh, three books. Well, it's the Mastery Trilogy, <clears throat> and it began with a book called The Book of Mastery, which was dictated <clears throat> about three years ago. The Book of Freedom is the final book in this series, and they're really talking about the realization of the divine in form. The divine, or if you want to call it God, is realized through the body and through your experience in the world that you live in. It's a, it's a challenging teaching. And the very first book that they delivered, which was called I Am the Word, um, you know, they said something that I didn't quite understand. They, they, they talk about the Christ, and they talk about the Christ as a principle, and they say the Christ in humanity is an event that happens. 
And I thought that they were just speaking, you know, in lofty terms, and it was about maybe being nicer or Christ-like. But what they're really talking about is the embodiment of what they call the true self in form, and that it is the embodiment of the true self that actually transforms the world through what they call co-resonance. So the alignment you hold and the consciousness that you bring to what you see actually informs and transforms what it is that you're seeing, which is the world before you. So that's what they're teaching now. Paul, at this point, knowing what you know, Mm -hmm. what do you believe this is all about? The dying process, what's on the other side, what is it? You know, I think this is school. I think this is all school. I don't call myself a spiritual medium. You know, I don't contact the dead. But I'm a medium for the living, which is a a sort of an odd thing. So if you're having problems with your sister, who you haven't spoken to in 10 years, and you give me your sister's name, I can step into her. I may begin to look like her when I do so. It's a form of physical manifestation that happens. And I can often hear, so I'm like a switchboard. So when I'm hearing my guides, I'm taking dictation. And they're actually dictating entire books. Um, you know, that don't need any editing, and they're doing them now in front of audiences. So the books are sort of delivered, fully formed. And that's the channeling and the mediumistic work that I do, which is the practice I have, and I do a lot of it in, in the workshops, is really supporting people in their relationships through that other skill set. So when I go, what's this all about? Finally, I think, you know, this is school. We're all here. We're all here to learn. It's not always pleasant. It's not always what we would choose at the level of personality to learn through. But finally, I suspect it's all opportunity. And I also get, and the guides are insistent about this, the guides that come through and teach through me, is that we're here to be realized. And the guides say to be realized is to be known and to know who you are in what they call a higher octave. You know, they don't talk about dimensions. I know some people do. The language the guides I work with uses is musical. So Mm -hmm. they say we're existing in an octave, and there are infinite octaves that can be known, and they're lifting us up to a higher one to have that experience and then to call the world to us at that level, which they say is the kingdom. That's the kingdom. It's the realization of the divine in all things. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.